Welcome to the JDLSAT and Admissions Podcast. I'm your host and instructor, Jimmy D of JDLSAT.com. In each episode, we discuss key habits you can master to study smarter and save time to raise your LSAT score and your chance of law school admissions. popular demand i've got mk who's a former student of mine and now a friend who has scored a 180 and is about to start uva law and congratulations I have my, thank you i have my little virginia law mug i and love it. coffee orange and what are the colors orange and black it looks like but it is orange and blue that's right i thought it was orange and blue yeah yeah, yeah. i i i'm I'm kind of a UVA alum. I went there my first year of college. Oh, when I wasn't right. a freshman, we call ourselves first years. I guess, oh, right. Because no one is senior in knowledge, as the idea is. So you're going to be a first-year law student at UVA. Yes, and I love that. I The little terminologies are so entertaining. <laughs> grounds. I've been corrected several times now. I have to say oh, grounds. the grounds. Yes. <laughs> yep, yep. It's well, one congratulations and thank you so much for coming back. Um, thank you so much. I'm sorry, I cut you off. I apologize. Thank you. It wouldn't have been possible without meeting you. So, I'm really happy to be here and happy to talk again. You are, you are too kind. Thank you. We're going to talk specifically today about a growth mindset because it's something that you and I both really value and I think is fundamental to. No, I, I know is fundamental to um, increasing your score on the LSAT and applying to law school and, frankly, just getting the most out of life. So let me turn it over to you. Um, this is based on the book Mindset by Carol Dweck, and she talks about two different types of mindsets, but turning it over to you. How do you define a growth mindset, MK? Sure. So I'm going to back it up a little bit. We'll define mindset in general first. Um, And this is just from Carol Dweck, who, Dr. Carol Dweck, she's the person who first uncovered this concept of mindset. And it's just like our belief. It's a belief about the nature of human traits. So intelligence, temperament, social skills, artistic ability, athleticism, it's our belief about them. Our belief about our traits, about our abilities in those areas? Yes. Nice. And she has two different kinds, fixed versus growth. Um, And they're very different. And she first discovered this through working with children, um, giving them very challenging uh, questions and seeing how they responded. And she was enamored by the children that when they got questions wrong, that were really hard, they were like, oh, I love a challenge. Or (laughs) I was hoping this would be informative. Like, and she just couldn't believe what she was seeing. And she was seeing how, what happened after the fact, like how they performed in school, how they uh, handled challenges in their lives and saw this distinction between um, students who had that type of, like, she's like, what's going on here? And that really sparked her like curiosity around mindset and what is this thing she was observing? Um, so 
discovered that those students that were like, ooh, I love a challenge, um, she realized that they believe their intelligence could be cultivated through effort. And that's what they were doing in the moment there was cultivating their intellect. Um, and they were just like getting smarter. Um, and so she started studying mindset, the belief around our abilities, and that that's what led her to distinguish the two different types of mindset. Nice. And, and if I, you know, just to, to um, make sure I'm getting, we're getting this right, right. Uh, just clarifying, right. Like, so I'm going to, I might oversimplify it, but you can tell me if I'm in the right direction. Right. Is it fair to say, right. Just by example, right. A, a fixed mindset would be, Oh, I'm, I'm this intelligent. I'm an eight out of 10. I'm right. an eight out of 10. And that's what I will always be. That is a fixed mindset as opposed to right. A growth mindset where it's like, you know, there's no, maybe no defining it. There's no whatever, but like, I'm not limited by how well I might perform or not perform. That's a moment in time. There's more to that. And I, I, it is malleable. I'm as intelligent as I can cultivate, so to speak. Right. Um, who knows the limits, but I'm not fixed at a certain number or measure, but it is malleable and it's something that I can get better at. We all can get better at, or maybe worse at, right? But it's something that is malleable that we, I want to say, can, can control. But I like your word better, cultivate. Is yes. that? Am I on the right track? I I think that's a great interpretation. I'm not an expert, but yeah, I think with fixed mindset, you you will like avoid challenges. With a growth mindset, you embrace them. Um, and there's this really helpful chart if you just look up like two mindsets. Carol Dweck, which Dweck is D-W-E-C-K, and it has like the two different, uh, two different mindset. And I'll read off some of the, I have it here and I'll read off some of the qualities. So she breaks it down, challenges, obstacles, effort, criticism, success of others. When you have a fixed mindset, you, you tend to avoid challenges, you give up easily. Uh, we see effort as like fruitless. Like if you have to put effort forward, that means, oh, there's something wrong with me that I like. I mm. gotta see. Like she talked about, you know, what, what really hit home for me was this example she gave was like of students who got maybe like a C plus in organic chemistry and then gave up the whole pre-med track mm. based on that. And that hit home for me because I was like, I, I, I know that feeling. And, um, so you see that as like a sign that you're not worthy or something. And um, uh, and then in terms of criticism, you ignore useful negative feedback. And in terms of the success of others, you tend to feel threatened by the success of others um, in a particular area. And then whereas with the growth mindset, um, you embrace challenges, you persist in the face of setbacks, um, you see effort as the path to mastery and learn from criticism, find lessons and inspirations in the success of others. Nice. So it's just so different. Yeah. You know, I, as you were talking, you could probably guess, I, I Googled it and I pulled up this uh, PDF. Okay. Awesome. Too. So I see it. And what I'll do is I'll, for our listeners, I will put a link to it. Um, I will also put a link to the book, as you mentioned, Mindset by Carol Dweck, Life Changing. Uh, yes. So, yeah, I want to, you know, stand this for a little bit because it's interesting, right? And again, I'm I'm a big fan of this, obviously. 
Uh, I subscribe to this belief in these ways of thinking, right? Just to put it in perspective, right? These things that we're talking about, these traits, I think that they're sort of, in my opinion, and I could be wrong, is that I think they're more like um, byproducts of choosing the mindset. For example, if I, and again, I'm, I'm a fan of this, of, of a growth mindset, right? But if I have a fixed mindset that, oh, I'm eight out of 10, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, it's kind of defeatist in a sense, right? I mean, positive, hey, look, I'm really great. You know, I can do all these things, right? But, oh, I'm not going to challenge myself to do these things because I'm only an eight out of 10. I'm not a nine out of 10. Um, you know, like, and so I think that leads to the byproduct of I'm going to avoid challenges. I'm going to avoid obstacles. Um, I'm not going to like criticism because then maybe I'm not really an eight out of 10. Maybe I'm only a five out of 10. Whereas if you have a growth mindset, which is I'm not limited by some definition of some measure of some point in time, then you're more open to these things, right? I don't have to preserve my ego. So I'm willing to take a challenge because even if I stumble or don't get something right, it's just an opportunity for me to learn and get better and get more out of life as opposed to, oh man, I got to see, I must suck. Um, and I, that's the sense I get, right? That and, and I'm Right, that these, and I, I don't, I'm not saying that these are traits to diminish this at all. I think quite the opposite. If you choose to adapt a growth mindset, then I think you're going to get more of the benefits. And if you make a conscious decision or inadvertently, right, adopt a fixed mindset, then you're probably going to get some of the things that aren't going to be so great, right? Oh, I got an A, but I don't want to take that more challenging course because then maybe I won't get an A and I won't be an A person. Anyway, I'm sorry. I, I, I hope I'm, does, does that make sense? Or would you yeah, agree? totally. I think it, the effects of these different mindsets is really far reaching. And, and often, um, I remember a question. I, even as I was reading the book, I was like, what am I, you know, I think, and the reality is I think in a lot of areas of our lives, like we have elements of both, mm-hmm. like, and when you think of intelligence, you might believe it's shapeable, which is true. Like it's shapeable and malleable and you have a growth mindset around that. But maybe when it comes to like personality or um, ability to do like new, try new sports, like athleticism or even your ability to paint or these things, like you might see those as more fixed quality. Like, and I think it's appealing. There's always this like, well, this just is my view, but um I think in our knowledge and our desire to know, we like to label things mm. and like categorize them. And like, I'm an introvert. You're an extrovert. Like I don't get along with this type of person or a desire to know um, that sometimes can lead us to a fixed mindset about a particular trait. Yeah. You know, I, <clears throat> I'm glad you said that. I think that's a great point. And, um, you know, I remember when you first brought, because I had read the book, and then we were working together, and then you brought, I think you had started reading it, and, you know, uh, coincidentally, and you mentioned to me one time in one of our, our lessons, you're like, hey, Jimmy, do you have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset? <laughs> Something like that. You just came out and said it. We're having a conversation, and I'm like, I'm thinking, huh, I wonder if she read that book. Sure enough, right? 
And then I'm yeah. like, you know, my, my initial answer was I have a growth mindset, you know, and I, because I've, and I've always felt this way, by the way, Ray, we're, this definitely relates to the LSAT. We're going to get into this in very specifically, right? But how do you teach the LSAT if you don't have a growth mindset, right? The idea that, oh, I got X score and I don't like it. Um, if you don't have a growth mindset, you're, you're really limiting your ability to teach and learn this exam, right? Because I, you know, right, the whole idea is that we can grow and get better and, of course, get a better score on this exam. But my initial thing to you was, hey, I have a growth mindset. But then I, I, I remembered what, what I had thought when I was first reading the book, which is I do. But like you're saying, it's I think that many of even if you have a growth mindset or whatever, it's not this necessarily black and white because right like culturally we might have been affected by certain things and i could see myself i always like to think of myself as a growth mindset person but in my own life yeah i might have in some ways had a fixed mindset in some areas right i might have had i guess blind spots so to speak we're like yeah i was always optimistic but then yeah maybe you know i didn't challenge myself on some things because i thought oh i'm going to screw up or it's going to be not great for my GPA or it's going to be whatever, or it might make me feel bad. I'm not, I'm not going to actively think it, but I think I had those blind spots. And I just want to add one other thing. Even when I talk to my students every once in a while, I mean, I'm a big believer in humility, but I'll say something like, Hey, you know, Oh, you know, I suck at languages. I, yeah. I didn't do so great at languages when I was in school, but the truth is, Maybe I didn't do so well in seventh grade when I started and I eighth grade and I started and I was busy and all this other stuff going on, right? Like, and, but how does that one moment in time when you started define you, right? It doesn't have to be this fixed idea. And so, right, even those of us who have, are more optimistic and have a growth mindset, right, we might have blind spots. And I think it's always important to check ourselves and just be aware of like how we can get more out of this. I'm going to stop talking and turn it back to you. No, yeah, I think that's a great point. It's just, it's like, I think that this is really a point because through making mistakes, that's how you learn. Mm -hmm. And, but it's hard to make mistakes when you're trying to get a score, right? Um, but each misstep leads to a new strategy, um, an opportunity to uncover a weakness. Um, that's a, it's a part of the process. So I think, it, yeah. And I think that's something I loved about you as a tutor was that, wow, like, yes, we are, this is going to be a good fit because you do believe that we're shapeable. You don't see a student with like, I mean, like me, like a one forties diagnostic and say, oh, they're this type of person. It's like, no, you can get a one seventy plus if you want to, like, it's just a matter of time and effort. And that's a growth mindset right there. Yeah, and, and you got a 180, by the way, right? Yeah. Um, right. But yeah, I'm so glad you said that, right? Because I mean, this is really important, right? Like, I mean, people have this idea of like, oh, you know, I got a 140, right? And so maybe, you know, they have this, I guess I'll always be a 140. Like my, my first PT was a 147 and I was in the 140s for a while. I've been eventually getting a 173 and I teach this, you know, you, you were also in the 140s, you got a 180, perfect score, right? Like, if we didn't have a growth mindset, we'd probably just be like, oh, these scores define us. I guess I suck at the LSAT. And that's not exactly. True. And, yeah. you know, another thing I just getting at the, the gray area and and right, like the blind spots. I think even if someone's like, oh, wait, maybe I'm not defined to this number. I think sometimes people think they've got a set range, which I don't agree with either. Right. Like, right. Oh, I got I Right. Like I got to hear that a lot. 
yeah, right. They'll be like, I got a 140. Do, do you think maybe if I work my butt off, maybe I can get a 150? Hell yeah, you can get a 150. Yeah, I can get a right. 180. You know, like, yeah, or totally. 170. Like, but it, it, I'm not going to say it's easy, but it's a matter. But you're not defined by this. This is a snapshot in time. But again, right, I got a 140. You think maybe I can get into the 160s? Of course. Right, there, there are variables into this, but I don't believe in this fixed idea of, oh, like I've got a set range of, again, right, I got a 140. Maybe the best I could hope for is a 160. Hell no. Otherwise, you and I wouldn't be where we are today. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people just have that set range mindset too. I'm sorry, bring it back true. to you. That's true. I've seen that a lot with test prep companies is like, okay, you can improve by this amount or you know, even they work it into certain deals that they have. It's like, we guarantee oh, yeah. a 10 point increase. It's like, but what if you could have more, you know? Um, yeah. yeah and, and, and you're a great example when I think about all the ways that, you know, you're applying this when we work together. So yeah, like in what particular areas did you apply your growth mindset to studying for the LSAT? Sure. Um, so I think just having an awareness is good. It's a great start. Um, and Dr. Dweck, she wrote up about this in her book. Like she's like, print out, print out my little chart, you know, post it. <laughs> I I just found a picture that my husband had taken of me when I was studying, and I'm like, I was also like, I took it the last time. Um, and That's a great he, thing. Yeah, it was just like the funniest photo, and I'm like, leaning over the desk, and you just see the growth mindset, like fixed mindset chart in front of me, just to remember, like. To remind yourself, like, this exists, like, and you can have an awareness of what's going on in your mind, like, um, and you can identify the different thought processes involved here. Like, are you threatened by this challenge or are you embracing it? Whatever it is. Um, so hey, I'm just, sorry. Real quick. I love that you said that because every once in a while I'll say to someone, print this out and have it in front of you just to keep it, right, osmosis, right? Like, just keep it in your face so it's always present. But this in particular, I love that you did that. I'm going to shamelessly ask you for a copy of that after this is done so I can get a copy and if you're cool with it maybe we can put that in the show notes for students as well yes definitely um yeah I it was so awesome I'm glad he showed it to me because I was like it's just you to grow we need to embrace like a different way of thinking and um so basically okay you have your chart um and just being aware and then also, she has a, I'm just reading off a page. Here. Of course, she yeah. says, she recommends asking yourself in the morning, what are the opportunities for learning and growth today for myself and for the people around me? When and how will I embark on this? Um, and then when you experience success, she says, um, to ask ourselves, what do I have to do to continue this growth? Ooh. which is really powerful, I think, because it's not like, because I think, you know, a fixed mindset is also being like, you got the question right. And you're like, I'm awesome. You know, it's like, <laughs> like, how can I keep this up? What did I do here? Like, what was my process? How can I replicate this? How can I scale it? Um, okay. And then the third thing is to practice reframing. So reframing means deliberately discovering the opportunity for growth in a present challenge. Um, so it helps us like thrive on challenge. Um, so when you look at the challenge in front of you saying like, how can I grow? 
if I grow in this way, how will it help me uh, like love and serve the people in my life um, or do my best work? So I think, and that's the biggest, I think that's like the heart of fixed mindset and and growth mindset is that like when you're in a fixed mindset, you see challenges as threats and reframing, seeing the opportunity for growth flips you. Like, I think it's a shortcut to flipping you um, from Mm -hmm. a fixed mindset about something to a growth mindset. Um, And it's really powerful. And I... I'm glad we're talking about this because it's something I want to definitely want to continue practicing when I'm in law school. Um, because everything, everything with like the LSAT admissions, everything feels very fixed because it's all like outcomes based, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of growth involved and this will help students like focus on that growth. Um, and so, yeah, that's, those are the main things, the chart, uh, reframing and asking yourself those questions like what are the opportunities for growth and learning today um, so yeah yeah I love it you know and I, I um, it's funny because right like oh yeah I'll probably uh, we're gonna probably talk about this because right like one of the tools that I give students that you really did a great job with was journaling and I guess the laboratory oh, yeah. takeaways from your PT and I thought that was a really great tool to exercise the growth mindset and you we're really great at it. And when I say great at it, right, what I mean is you did it and you did it with a growth mindset. It wasn't like, well, like, hey, I'll get a score. And I've seen this over and over again. If you're listening, you can probably relate, especially if you're one of my students. Where like after you're done with the exam, I always say, okay, fine. It's one thing to take it. It's one thing to blind review it. But write down your takeaways in a very qualitative way. You don't have to mention every question by all means, right? You don't have to do that. But like, you know, in this game section, what went well? What didn't go well? What can I improve on? What did I have questions on? You know, and, and right, if something didn't go well, get specific, right? Doesn't be crazy specific, but like, great games didn't go well. But was it the ordering games? Was it misreading a rule in the ordering games? Was it you're having trouble with in and out games? Was it a certain part of it in and out games? Because when you can get specific, then you can really think this stuff through, and it's so much better than. I got this score. I suck. I got this score. I'm awesome. Great. But that doesn't give you an opportunity to learn. And you, MK, were always like, you'd have this stuff written out. And you, I remember you wrote on the top, this is my laboratory. This is to experiment. I think, you know, you really internalized what I was saying about just like your laboratory. Um, but right, like, like, yeah, like something didn't go well. How is this an opportunity for me to learn? And it might sound, you know, it might sound cheesy to some of us, but it's not. It's important because it sure beats the alternative. I can't control what happened after. I got this score. I did my best or I didn't, right? But I can't go back and change it. I can learn from it. I can. This didn't go right. Well, maybe I didn't read the rules in the game properly. Maybe I rushed through them. Maybe I didn't implement this new thing I learned. And maybe I need to review my notes more, right? But that's what's going to help me not saying I suck or I'm amazing. And I just want to say one other thing. I'll have yeah. people that come to me after the exam, right? They go, they'll come to me after taking a practice test and they'll write this stuff down and they'll be like, yeah, Jimmy, I got X score, one, blah, 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 whatever it is. I know I suck. No, you don't suck. I, I, no, I, I yeah. don't think this, right? I, I think we're so used to saying the, or, you know, like, if you, and I, I want to go back to what you were saying, like, cause you, you were hinting at this, right? Like if you don't get a score, you like, it doesn't mean you suck. It means that, 
you made a decision, fair or unfair, to do one thing, right? And let's think about how we can change that in the future when you get to a similar question. And if you did really well, great, I'm happy for you, right? But I'm awesome is great to um, build on this. Um, but you were kind of getting at this where you're like, hey, you know, right, like, a, yeah, right, this happened, this is bad, this happened, this is great. But yeah, like handling, I guess, I'm sorry, let me big wind up, but talk to me about the journaling and how you would handle right like when things went well versus when things didn't you kind of get at that idea like i'm not gonna like you know uh spike the ball when things go well like rather i'm going to try to learn from it to replicate it and build on it and stay humble and on the other hand right when things don't go well i'm not going to beat myself up rather i'm going to learn from it so i can make different choices next time i'm gonna stop and talk to you (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh it's so funny to hear you say this because it's like there's there's so much so much going on in the background with with all of that, right? With the laboratory, with like, and I love the laboratory because you framed each test as like practice. It's all practice. Everything in life, life is just practice. Like, oh. and the LSAT is practice. And you put in the context of like your your laboratory, your testing, you're practicing different strategies. It's not. It's it's your laboratory. It's your own. And um, I love that analogy. I thought it was or metaphor. It was really helpful for me. Um, and I did revisit, you had prompted me that you would likely ask a question like this. So I I revisited my, how I responded to myself when I got questions right and questions wrong. And I had written it down so many times that Mm. when I got questions wrong, I, had written um, and had printed out and posted it was simply like, great. Where, where is the misstep? This is an opportunity to learn. Um, What's your strategy? Like, great. Another, another example of something I can work on. And even Jimmy, like even after, and it just sort of this, approach like just builds. So even after I took the LSAT in August last year, I kept studying for the October exam because I actually didn't think I did well. And there's still opportunity for growth and improvement. Is that wild? Even though you got, and then you end up getting a 180, a perfect score. And so I was like, oh, they don't <laughs> let you take it again, actually. So, okay, so I need to stop now. But like, there's always opportunity for growth. There's always like a way you can improve. And so when I got things right, it's like, okay, what did I do right here? Like what went well, like you were saying. And I, but I mostly focused on my missteps. Like I didn't really even focus on that. Like, and if it was something that, you know, what really helped actually, sorry, I'm just like thinking aloud right now. Like when you're, when you're struggling between two different answer choices and you're wasting time, like you can feel it. Like you're like, oh no, like, is it A or B? What, how can you solidify the thinking that went behind the correct answer choice or like that logical sequence that you had going on in your brain that led to the correct answer. Yeah. Isn't that, I found that was a way I could save time was honing in on those questions. Right. And then reinforcing the correct logical thought process. Cause there's a right way and there is a wrong way. (laughs) There are many wrong ways, many, many wrong ways, but there is like a right way to approach, you know, anyway. So that, that helped. Um, but again, 
there's always, there's always the growth. There's always opportunity. Yeah. Like, you know, that, that, you know, fist pumping of, Hey, I did well, great. I did awesome. Right. Like, I mean, and maybe you very well did. Right. But if you, maybe you got lucky, maybe you didn't, let's just say you didn't get lucky. You got it right. It is so much more helpful to go back and see what you did that worked. So that way you can learn from it. So you can replicate it in the future. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and, and, you know, and again, if something didn't go so well, well, great. How can I learn from this? And, you know, I just want to add before I forget, because this is really important. Again, right. When I'm talking about this journaling, whenever a student works with me, I give them a spreadsheet of takeaways that you could write every time you take a PT, not just for the PT and the BR, but the specific sections to really just think about, you know, again, what went well, what didn't go well. And just journal it. Doesn't be a ton of stuff. It's more about quality over quantity. But I just want to say, the students who do this, the students who put the time in with this, and then come to me in the beginning, we look at it together, we talk about it like you and I did, MK. They're the students who see the most gains. And I mean, I just had a student on. If anyone's listening to this podcast, Eli, who Eli did something same deal. Eli was very right, good about journaling that stuff in the beginning. We talk about it. We talk about it right like this went well this didn't go well right but the students who do what you did mk right they're the ones who increase their scores right because i can't control great this is a 150 this is a 160 i went down i went up okay why did that happen how can i learn from it because that's ultimately what's going to lead to the score increase and i've over and over again and i have to say to students sometimes right like listen this isn't just mickey mouse stuff where i'm asking you to write this stuff down it really forces you to think this stuff through because this is an opportunity to learn and that's how you increase your score. But right, but again, right, I can't, I, in five plus years of teaching the LSAT, the students who are diligent about journaling the stuff the way you were, the way Eli was, right, they're the ones that increase their score, right? So they're not focused on, listen, where I'm going with this is this is all about a growth mindset. Yeah, I got a score I'm not happy with. Fine, but why did I get it? What did I do differently? What did I do that I can do differently in the future? I don't think it's a coincidence that the right. students who do this do well, the students who don't, don't get as much out of it. You know, and I'm not right. saying that to make anyone feel bad. I'm saying, hey, take advantage of this. It really does make a difference. I'm going to stop and turn it back to you. But like this journaling, I think, embodies, this laboratory embodies the growth mindset. Right. Totally. And I, I, I want to like pick out a couple of those keys ideas and just reinforce them. So with the growth, with a growth mindset, like there's the belief that your ability is shapeable. Yep. Okay. Right. There's a belief driving that. And when you get a question wrong, you can say, yes, what can I learn from this? That will make me a better test taker. How can I never make this type of misstep again? Just have that, like, and then if you forget what to think, you can write it down. You know, I had to, like, I feel like I kept, I had, I mean, it sucks to get a question wrong. It's still, it's still stung, but like, it's like, okay, how can I let this make me a better test taker? Okay. And then when you get something right, you can think to yourself, okay, how can I replicate this? Like you were Mm -hmm. saying, how can, but I do think like, I don't beating ourselves up over mistakes. Like it doesn't put us in a good mental place to like make change. And like you're saying to make positive change, productive change, 
we need to feel good, <laughs> I think. Yeah. And maybe there can be, like you were saying, like growth to a certain point by being like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm an idiot. I'm dumb. But long-term growth. I don't think it's sustainable. From, yeah. Long-term gro- growth comes from that belief. I think that we can shape the outcomes. We can shape our process. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to go, go back to what you're saying, right? Something doesn't go well and it can sting. St- something not going well and feeling bad and stinging isn't going to do you any good if you don't try to learn from it, you know, in a, in a, in a constructive way. Because Great. I, I got this score. It's horrible. OK. Right. But if I don't go back and see what I did, then I'm not going to get anything out of this. So I might as well. And on the other hand, right, okay, something went well, something, oh, great, right, but that fist bump, right, or that, that, oh, I'm awesome, that's not going to do you any good either if you don't go back and think, okay, great, how do I, like you said, MK, how do I replicate this, how do I build on this, right, and it's just kind of like, and you you know, you're, right, anyone who's a fan, right, like John Wooden, the legendary UCLA basketball coach, used to always say to his players, right, don't let your highs be too high, and don't let your lows be too low. And the idea was not to appreciate those things, right? But when I do well, cool, right? I'm not going to just get complacent, right? And I'm going to appreciate it, right? How can I build on this? How can I learn from this so I can replicate it? And if I didn't do well, okay, great, it stings, but it's going to keep stinging if I don't stop and just think about this and how can I learn from this? So I just wanted to bring that back. I'm I'm glad you said that. And actually, I want to say one other thing that I think you might appreciate Mm-hmm. This goes back to, I think, the core of a growth mindset. We're not conflating our performance with our self-worth. Exactly. Right? Because if I think that's part of the, the, the thing with a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. No one, people don't necessarily say it, but I think it's there, right? Like, I'm an A student, so I feel good about myself, and that's part of my self-worth. Oh, and you know what? Maybe I won't take that challenging course. Because then I won't get an A and then I won't be an A student and then I won't feel good about myself. Whereas, right, like, hey, a growth mindset, I'm, I'm going to, I don't care if it sounds cheesy. I love myself no matter what, right? Like, I value my self-worth no matter what. That is separate. So it's not contingent upon the fluctuations in my score, right? So, right, I do well or I don't do well. It's an opportunity to grow and learn as opposed to... Right. Like, oh, I'm horrible. I'm amazing. Right. And that, that whole idea of highs being too high. I'm not saying, right, like if you have a victory, don't value yourself. But I am saying, you know, keep it in perspective, because if anything, you're more than your victory and you're more than the times when things don't go well. That's a separate in some ways. It's a very separate thing. Your self-worth is separate from your performance. And I think one of the fundamental differences between fixed versus growth is fixed mindset seems to conflate self-worth with your performance. Whereas a growth mindset is right. Like I'm aware of all how it might impact me, but my self-worth is apart from that. And this is an opportunity to grow. I don't, it's not, I'm not clinging to the outcome because it's going to affect how I feel about myself. Sorry for the long spiel, but thoughts. Yeah. This is reminding me of like another thing I learned from you was like the mantras. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I have, I had all these mantras I came up with, and I think that that connects with your worth, right? And you you had a bunch that you recommended, but I was just remembering a um, one that 
helped me a lot was that you can be imperfect, but execute with perfect mastery. Ooh, I like it. Yeah, because it's like, the thing is, if we're honest with ourselves, we're not perfect. We know that. Like, we know we're not perfect. We know, but you can be imperfect, but execute with perfect logical accuracy. Like, we can with enough practice. Like, and once you do it right once, like, you've you've discovered something. You've, you're changing the way you think as you study for this exam, which I like. That's why I love the LSAT so much. It's like, it changes how you... <laughs> think like think and can't help but notice the it's just it's so empowering because then you identify logical flaws assumptions like it's it's helpful for life um anyway so or you know just saying like you know the answer like you got this like also I think for me like my kids were really motivating during this process like just thinking about them and like like how I was doing this for like myself, but also them. And like, who is this for? Like, who is this for? What is this for? Like, what's the cause that drives you? Like, um, I think the mantras can help, help too in supporting a not, they don't create a growth mindset, but I think they can help support a growth mindset. <laughs> and for listening, right. I'm so glad you brought that up. Mantras, right? Like you call them mantras or maxims, but like, I would write this stuff at the top of my review sheet every once in a while. Like, Cause you know, you're in the middle of this exam for X number of hours and every once in a while you might, you know, have a feeling of self doubt or, uh, or maybe you're exhausted and a mantra, right. Or a maxim is just something like a phrase. You could just look at on your review sheet to remind you. So you kind of have it in the back pocket of your brain. It could be like, for me, for example, right. If I was like, if I found myself getting complacent cause I'm getting, get mentally fatigued, right. I had a mantra. That was, mm-hmm. am I giving it my all? And I know that one sounds cliche, but and but the reason I like that one was because, right, like, it's <laughs> in that moment where I might get complacent because I'm mentally fatigued, but I knew that I wanted to just keep going rather than zone out because once that clock stops, the exam's over and I'll kick myself if I didn't give it my all, right? I'd rather just, if I just indulge in letting my mind wander rather than answer this question or staying focused on the task, then... I'm going to score a few points lower and that's going to impact things. Right. So I wanted to know that, but when I say mantras, right. Or maxims, it's basically these things that you could have in your back pocket and certainly for the exam, but I guess even in your broader study process, but like just little things you can remind yourself of when you're in that clutch position and you can make a choice on how to respond to something that is challenging. Right. And I like yours, right? Like, Hey, you know, like that, that's something that's very sustainable, but like, yeah, like, um, but yeah, those mantras can be helpful. And so that one you had mentioned, you, so you found these mantras to be helpful for a growth mindset. Yes, definitely. Thank you for listening. One tip to use your time with this podcast effectively. Take a look at the list of previous episodes. They're named by topic so you can prioritize your listening based on specific areas where you need help the most. Again, I'm your host, Jimmy D of JDLSAT.com. Please do subscribe, share these episodes with friends. If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, feel free to reach out to me and check out my website. Again, it's JDLSAT.com. That's JDLSAT.com.